I'm Laurie Cardoza-Moore, and this is Focus on Israel. On our program today, you'll meet a man who was raised as a Muslim Palestinian. He was taught that Jews were his enemy. Then with a single and powerful revelation, his world was turned upside down. Hello, I'm Laurie Cardoza-Moore, founder of Proclaiming Justice to the Nations, a nonprofit organization dedicated to educating and sharing the message of Christian biblical responsibility to the people and land of Israel in the face of a growing global anti-Semitism. Proclaiming Justice to the Nations was birthed to stop the silence, to wake up Christians and people of conscience to the realities of a world bent on destroying Israel and the Jewish people. In the Middle East, Muslim children are taught that Jews are not even human, that they are monsters or animals that should be shunned and killed. Amazingly, some emerge from this darkness and learn the truth. While on a recent trip to Israel, I had the unique opportunity to meet a young Muslim man who discovered that he truly was his own worst enemy. Mark Halawa was born into a secular Muslim family in Kuwait. His father owned a very successful construction business that provided a privileged life for him and his four siblings. In 1990, the first Gulf War struck Kuwait and changed his life. When he was 12 years old, his father's business was destroyed and the family left Kuwait, moving first to Jordan and eventually immigrating to Canada. Although he was a secular Muslim, his father was rabidly anti-Israel and anti-Semitic. Yet Mark had heard vague family rumors that his maternal grandmother was Jewish. While studying at the University of Western Ontario, he met a rabbi who explained that Based on Jewish law, which determines religion through the mother, he was a Jew. He then began to explore his religious roots, which ultimately led him to Israel to study at a yeshiva. His story is inspiring, and his mission to bring peace between Muslims and Jews is heroic. He gave me a look into what it was like growing up in a Muslim country and being taught to hate all Jews and Israel. My name is Mark Halawa. I was born and raised in Kuwait to a secular Muslim. We called ourselves Palestinian. We had a Jordanian passport at the time, but we called ourselves Palestinian family. So secular Muslim Palestinian family. Um, Lived in Kuwait like everybody else. All along, I know that my grandmother is Jewish, but I did not know that that would make me a Jew later on, 26 years of my life. I'm going to tell you with everything that I went through and experienced in my life in Kuwait, I saw Kuwait um, as a great nation, great country. I like Kuwaiti people, uh, generosity, the system, the, the, my school, the, my teachers, everybody else. So in school, there are few types of incitement. 
to be honest, everywhere you turn, turn your face is incitement. Incitement against Jews, Christians, this is the standard. Um, of course, everybody else also that is not Muslim, Hindus and Buddhists and whoever they want. Um, yet, back in my day, we went to school six days a week. And every day we'd have a, um, a Muslim class. It was not all incitement. Believe me, I learned a lot of wonderful stuff, like you should give charity, you should respect your family. Yet, the first verse of Quran, which we all recited every single day, crossing our arms and, and saying it verse by verse, I know it by heart and I'll never forget it. Give us the righteous path, uh, the path that you have bestowed upon us, except those who went astray and those who God frowned upon. The explanation right under, and you'll see this in prints that are available in the United States of America, those who went astray are the Christians, and those who God frowned upon are the Jews. So you automatically, day in, day out, with thinking about it or not, since you're a child, you think that those people are excluded, they're no good. We had an Arabic language teacher. I never liked this guy very much, nothing personal, just an older guy, we never connected. So the Arabic language teacher walks in, he turns the seat upside down or backwards and sits down and looks at us. He goes, all right, today we're going to think, uh, learn things differently. And he pulls in a map of the Middle East. I remember that day clearly because that guy changed the way I used to think of this conflict. And I felt like I'm plugged in. I understand the news. My dad never elaborated at home, but I kind of understood it now from this gentleman. He goes, look where the West, the Crusaders, and the Jews and, 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 and the United Kingdom planted the Jews in the middle of the Arab and Muslim world after breaking the Ottoman Caliphate, or like you like to call it in English, Ottoman Empire. I'm not sure how Caliphate translates to empire. And planted the Jews right there between the eastern side of the Middle East, the a Asia, and the western side, which is Africa. So there would never be another Islamic Caliphate established again. I'm looking at the visual. I heard the words, and it made absolute sense to me. I had an Egyptian teacher also that would walk in and say, if one bomb could kill five Jews, how many bombs you'd need to kill uh, 35 Jews? I heard the question that justifies the idea of killing someone because they're different. Because in a, in a text somewhere that is disputed, by the way, I learned today between Shias and uh, Sunnis, that's not today's topic, um, it says those people are no good. They don't exist. And that education means that those people are are not just regular infidels, like they're really infidels, as in like their property is yours, the women are yours, their houses are yours. Um, yeah, from a young age. There's no way you could dispute this. At some point, um, first of all, just to go back at what I mentioned at the beginning, my father is uh, an avid uh, supporter of the Palestinian cause, if, if we could call it a cause. My dad was born in 1945 in a place called Beit Sha'an in northern Israel. So uh, when the British Mandate of Palestine existed. Um, my dad was one of the first supporters of the PLO in Kuwait. Yasser Arafat, as you might know, lived in Kuwait and was also an engineer like my father. He, the, the PLO was established in Jerusalem long ago, long before, a few, maybe a decade before, but it was dead. So this guy re-established it. And my father was one of the first 300 donors to give a portion of the salary to this gentleman, this charismatic evil gentleman. What was a trigger? There, were, there, were not one, there wasn't one specific trigger, but there were many. Um, I'd like to mention this one simple one. When the Gulf War happened, we're on vacation. Then we had to go to Jordan because we had an apartment there. 
We went to our apartment in Jordan, took off the covers from couches and the TV, and I turned the TV on like any child would do. I was 13 years old in 1990. And I'm flipping channels. There was a couple of Jordanian channels, and there was another channel with Sesame Street, and the characters were speaking a language I was not familiar with. I thought it's Kurdish or Persian. Or, it was close to Arabic, but not Arabic. And I watched and listened, and it looked different. The characters looked different. And then somebody says, Shalom. And it was like a bomb fell out. I was so scared. And I wanted to turn the TV off. I discovered I'm watching Israeli TV. Slowly, slowly, Israeli TV became one of our favorite TV channels at home. All of us, the whole family, including my dad and my mom, would watch only Israeli TV. They had great broadcasting. Um, but what I liked more in Israeli TV than the normal shows, the Simpsons and the movies and um, all the good stuff was commercials, Israeli commercials. I always liked commercials. Many people like commercials still today. But in Israeli commercials, you would see Israelis. You're not seeing American actors. I'm looking at Israelis, moms, children, fathers, young kids acting and behaving and doing things that make them look happy and lovely and enjoying life. Mothers are hugging their children. People are just laughing. Maybe they have to do that in front of camera. I don't know, but it was just mesmerizing. What about the shape-shifting people? What about those, those evil infidels that are planning day in, day out to, to kill me? And we have to go defend. You always feel like you have to defend. Now, I was a child, and I said this in the United Nations last March, last year, 2017. A part of our education was to learn the types of jihad out there. And this exists today, or this kind of um, echoes in America. See a lot of children behave in a certain way, like they are seeking their own version of jihad. We were told there's three types of jihad. Jihad by the sword, for those who can, the strong ones. Jihad by the money, you go and sponsor a person to go to war. There was always sponsorship uh, advertisements in the newspaper in Kuwait, till not very recent, uh, not long ago, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, sponsor a fighter to go to Afghanistan or Iraq or any of that stuff. And also, the last one, if you cannot do either, there's jihad by the heart or by the mouth, which is you, you, you say things, you wish well to the jihadists or the fighters, you wish uh, ill against the enemies. So each one of us, after our classroom, when a teacher explains to you the types of jihad available, you think to yourself, hmm, I wonder who in my classroom, that guy's father is rich, he probably could sponsor, this guy's a big guy, he could go fight, I wonder what my kind of jihad. So um, unfortunately, I see these trends today in the United States of America, especially on campuses. I want to take you to Israel in pictures and film. I want you to see how God's sovereign hand can be seen before our eyes right here in this land. That's why PJTN is offering a special anniversary package that includes a captivating new book and award-winning DVD. Israel Rising is a unique visual story of Israel's miraculous journey from unforgiving desert to thriving nation. Thousands of years ago, the prophet Ezekiel foretold a future time in which the arid land of Israel would come alive for its people. Now this breathtaking book documents the fulfillment of this vision as rarely seen photographs from the 1880s to the 1940s are juxtaposed with recent photos of the same locations. This book will inspire and captivate you as it illuminates Israel's foretold awakening in a new and unforgettable way. In addition, you'll receive the award-winning documentary, Israel Indivisible, The Case for the Ancient Homeland. 
This inspiring film examines the many political twists and turns that make Israel the world's most controversial nation. From Abraham and the Promise to the issues facing the Jewish state today, the film examines the historical, archaeological, legal, and biblical foundations for the modern state of Israel. This is a limited time offer for these two remarkable resources for just a one-time gift of $70 today. Your generous donation will help ensure that PJTN stays on the front lines and in the headlines of all the important issues facing Israel and our Jewish brethren. So please go to PJTN.org today. From studying history, it's very clear that what starts with the Jews never ends only with the Jews we must strongly stand against any anti-Semitic trends. For if not stopped, they'll cause harm to all of us, and we'll witness the downfall of our Judeo-Christian Western culture. Today, many people say there's no longer a need for a Jewish state, that Jews around the world no longer need a place of refuge. But anyone who has heard recent statistics about the worldwide rise in anti-Semitism would never make such a claim. The reality is that neo-Nazi groups and Nazi sympathizers are increasing around the world. Surveys show that over one billion people in the world harbor anti-Semitic attitudes. Close to 50% believe that Jews have too much power in the business world, and two-thirds of the world's population has never heard of the Holocaust, or believe the historic accounts of it are inaccurate. Don't let yourself be manipulated by evil people with a wicked agenda. When the self-serving villains are in control, good people from all religions suffer. Muslims, Christians, and all people of conscience should stand proudly and show respect for a country that gives so much to the world in so many ways. Do your part, do your research, and do what you can to make a difference because what happens in Israel does affect us all. This is not just a Jewish or just an Israeli problem. This is a problem for all humanity, for each and every one of us who believe in freedom and human rights. Learn more about what you can do at pjtn.org. During his time in both Canada and America, Mark witnessed the growth of anti-Semitism on college campuses. He has also seen the growth of CARE and the Muslim Brotherhood and the many groups they have spawned, such as Students for Justice in Palestine. He warns about the infiltration of these radical groups and that Americans need to wake up before it's too late. I went to university in Canada between 1999-2004. At my time, I was busy with activities, as the, the usual student activities, studying this, that frat house fraternity. But then I noticed there were people lobbying um, on campus, calling themselves Palestinians, calling themselves, you know, pro-justice and freedom and human rights. None of them were Palestinian. I was the most Palestinian out of all of them. And um, they would just recruit and talk, and they catch those, you know, simpleton students, and they just tell them a version of the story. And I hear a common word, MSA, Muslim Student Association. Then I hear that Muslim Student Association is working in coordination with an organization called CARE in America. Learn about CARE and look at the people on top of CARE. The top guy is a Palestinian from Gaza. 
I would like to call these people, first of all, this, these are Muslim Brotherhood groups. They're well organized, known to be well organized. These are very educated people. They're not people from the street. But they have a goal. And that goal goes beyond borders. That's why they were banned in every single Muslim country, an Arab country. The majority of Arab and Muslim countries, specifically the, the Gulf and the heart of the Arab world, have banned them. Egypt have banned them. You, you probably remember what uh, the Muslim Brotherhood did in Egypt. Um, Jordan, they're not allowed to do any activities. Muslim Brotherhood are running Gaza today. The, 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 the Hamas is the um, um, military arm of the Muslim Brotherhood. Um, in Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, uh, Bahrain, they're banned. But the Muslim Brotherhood, from what I understand, is running freely and collecting the most amount of you know, funding and all that stuff in the United States of America. I hope, I hope people wake up to the fact that care are not the representatives of Muslims or peaceful Muslims. There's a lot of wonderful people that just want to assimilate, ran away from, from Middle Eastern woes and problems. And they just want to live. They just want to work and, 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 and make a, a decent dollar and, and give a good education and food and shelter to their children. They don't want to see any of that in the Middle East. Now, if these guys, if those families were successful in avoiding people like the MSA on campus or uh, CARE or ISNA that get involved and say we represent you, would, the, would their children avoid them? You never know. The second generation is always looking to connect and have some sort of an identity or religious identity. Next thing you know, they go to a student club on campus or a school and they're, they're hooked. And you have making up stories on campus about topics they don't know, know anything about. In my school, in Canada, in Toronto, I was a graduate student. I, I, was, I was not spending a lot of time on campus, but every now and then, now and then I would go. And I see there are you know, problems in uh, pro-Palestine, pro-Israel groups. And I, I want to go and see well, what is going on, because I hear a lot of people are ganging up on Jewish students, and things were violent a little bit, and slashing tires, and pushing people, and intimidating, yelling at people, swastikas and washrooms. This is in Toronto, at York University. So I went a few times, and I, I, I saw this, you know, a bunch of really nice kids. I don't know where they're from. I don't know Jewish or Christian. Canadians, just, just average good kids, and they're trying to say, no, but look, there were missiles fired, the Israel, Israel responded. And they, they were citing uh, United Nations resolutions, all that stuff. And they were speaking to our girl. I'm looking at that girl. I'm like, isn't that my neighbor from my building? She's pretending she's Palestinian. She's got nice curly hair. I was like, she's not Palestinian. One second. She's Afghani. Her name is so-and-so. <laughs> Look, there's either funding for this from outside that people will create their own non-for-profit and their own little world to push with this. Um, and some of them are associated with CARE and, and ISNA. Uh, openly, like the Muslim uh, Student uh, Association, they're in every single campus, almost in every in every state in the United States of America. Those are the same guys that will learn the, the, the violent version of Quran. These guys are Muslim Brotherhood. They, they don't joke around. Look at the motto. Read the motto yourself. Jihad is our way. Martyrdom is our way. That's their motto. And they are based in America. You know, when I first discovered Judaism and I, you know, I discovered that I, I grew up with hate and I wasted my life with hate and just, you know, was consumed with all of this instead of being consumed with better stuff, I became resentful and hateful also. Unfortunately, I fell into it. But then slowly I started opening my mind and eyes. As I traveled and I saw different people, people are different. Organizations are the ones I would be scared of. To know who these organizations are, who's funding them. BDS, one of the first paychecks that I received to BDS was from the wife of the previous Emir of Qatar. And there are documents to prove this, and I'm happy to send you the document if you'd like to include it in this show. Um, 
there are people who are looking to create trouble. And they use these tools. For example, this woman, Linda Sarsour, does. Linda Sarsour, um, one of her cousins, last name is Sarsour also, was detained in, a, in, a, in an ISIS cell in, in Saudi Arabia, 2016, 2015. She doesn't come from uh, this, uh, you know, intellectual world that she, uh, we think she comes from. And she likes to just jump in each topic, uh, give her own point of view. But she's a Muslim Brotherhood uh, supporter, staunch Muslim Brotherhood supporter. Does she work with care? Does she know care? I'm not sure of the detail. I know she uh, likes Farrakhan also. Absolutely. But just, I, I, unfortunately, I feel bad for the honest, decent Americans that feel for a cause. You know, that, that, that's the American value. I'm going to fight for you, even if you live across the world. I, I learned that growing up from watching TV. And I like looking at Americans. How amazing could that be? And you have freedom to say such a thing. You know, in the Middle East, you don't have much freedoms. You say the wrong thing about the wrong political factor. You'll be yanked from your house, or somebody will knock on the door and tell you, hey, I'm watching. But Americans, they have the freedom. Instead of choosing the freedom to just be selfish and think of their own life only, no. They're going out to help others. That selflessness of America is, is really attractive. And, and I, I give you my word, I cannot quantify who in the Middle East are so very pro-America, but the, the, the vast majority of youth, the young people in the uh, Middle East today, first of all, they're sick and tired of everything that they saw, you and I also saw in the past five, six, seven years with all the terrorism and attacks and ISIS and all that stuff. People appreciate what America stands for. People pray for America. Please stay strong. Please have our back. Please go fight the bad people. And there are those who are moving the uh, scene in the Middle East in, a, in, a, in an evil way, trying to distract attention. Sometimes they create trouble in Libya, sometimes in Syria, sometimes in Egypt. And they pump uh, a lot of money into this. And they have a lot of money gushing from the ground. Actualize where you are. Wake up in the morning, look around you. Look at the people that opened their hearts and the countries and trusted you. There's a lot of trust in North America. Just take advantage of that in a good way. Distance yourselves from the bad guys that are trying to, you know, gather you under an umbrella of religion. Be doubtful. Why are these guys pushing that far? What's their agenda? Leave extremism behind. Remember that there are people here that are like family. The social fabric of America allows this kind of cohesion between people, despite the religion. Stay away from care. Stay away from ISNA. These guys are just puppets that other governments are changing or using to distract America and to divide America. You want a strong America. You want a vibrant America and stronger than ever to, in order to repel the, the evils of today. We live in a dangerous world and things are not exactly what we see. Mm -hmm. I would advise parents to connect with their children and, and educate their children a little bit and, and make them be aware. And also the younger people, if they watch the show, would tell them when you go to university or you're going to school, of course have friends. It enriches who you are to have a variety of friends around. But be aware of those who push their agenda on you those who go out of the way to invite you to events under organizations, who want you to go to marches and start handing you signs and get you in, you know, they want a head count. And be aware of who these guys are. Also, learn about your roots. Learn who you are. Connect with who you are in order to know which direction you're going to carry on in the future. I don't wish on anyone to go through any of the experiences I went through or the more radical ones. Thank God my parents were secular. We, my dad did not like religion whatsoever. Um, but some people, the majority of people, grew up in religious homes, and their neighbors are religious, and the other guy are religious, and you don't distinguish who's who. Um, I thought of myself, I would like to share my experience with the Arab speakers. 
a lot of news and media and focus and NGOs are focused on uh, English speakers around the world or even Europe. But nothing in the Middle East or not much on the Middle East except you know, official news. So I created a non-for-profit. I called it Halawa Initiative. And I started making videos. I, I must say, I'm asking everybody that watches this not to be paranoid or scared of your next door neighbor. Um, people are like us, fl flesh and blood, and they just want the same things we want for our children most of the time. Yet organizations that are known, proven, and banned by Arab countries, such as the Muslim Brotherhood, in any shape or form or name, must be banned. And you have to lobby. You have to go out and make your part. In, 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 in Hebrew, we call it hishtadlut. Hishtadlut is make an action. You ask God, and God you know, controls the world. But at the same time, you have to make action. Hishtadlut, that, hishtadlut, once you, you ask sincerely, it stands on two legs and it goes far. Go far, educate, speak to your senator. Tell him, hi, why is this organization uh, praying after our children? Until when? How many more attacks are we going to have until we act or say something? So, God bless America, and I hope uh, to uh, hear only goodness. Mark Hollowa is a brave man who speaks the truth, an unfortunate truth that we must all listen to if we want freedom to survive here and in Israel. I will continue to beat this drum as well and look for watchmen to join me in this battle. Now that's our program for today. And I want you to know we appreciate your support. The time to take a stand is now. Be a leader in your community and in your church. One person can make a difference. Get involved with and support pro-Israel organizations such as PJTN. Call your senators, congressmen. Let your elected leaders hear from you. Visit our website to learn more. Sign up to receive action alerts and order our films to share with family and friends. Please encourage everyone you know to tune in and become informed. God bless you and thank you for all you do on behalf of our Jewish brethren and all Israel. We'll see you next time on Focus on Israel. To support this program, send your tax-deductible gift to Proclaiming Justice to the Nations, P.O. Box 682711, Franklin, Tennessee, 37068. You can also support PJTN online. Visit PJTN.org or call 1-877-873-9020. Anti-Semitism has reached epic proportions, and Israel is now surrounded by nations who seek its destruction. For Israel to lose just one battle would mean losing everything. As Christians, it is our biblical responsibility to stand with our Jewish brethren and Israel. PJTN needs your help to reach more Christians with this urgent message. Please visit our website to become a member today and order our award-winning documentaries. You must decide that you won't be silent. Sign up now at PJTN.org. God bless you and thank you for your support and prayers.